Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are joined by Owen Fleming of Terrible Toby's. Owen owns KW's newest pet store in Kitchener, and we are ready to hear the story of how it came to be. So let's go. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are here with Owen Fleming from Terrible Toby's. Welcome, Owen. Thank you, guys. I'm really excited to be on uh, on your podcast. It's uh, I've been listening to it for a while now, and I'm excited to actually join you guys. Hi, Owen. We're so excited you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to be here. And I'm I mean, the people listening won't be able to hear this, but I'm admiring your background. Um, Are you at Terrible Toby's right now? Is this your back office? I'm in my back office that is uh, never, never organized the way I would like it to be. I'm pretty sure everything just gets dumped back or back here when it doesn't belong at the front. I'm pretty sure that's, that's what this became. It's not really an office. It's more storage at this point. I think... Probably anybody who runs a retail business can probably relate to that. I can relate to that because my office space is never clean. It's always a mess. Yeah, I feel that one. You know what? Busy office means busy life equals (laughs) great. (laughs) Nice. Sometimes, yes. All right, so... um, before we get started, Owen, uh, we would love to hear a quick intro to yourself. And of course, can you tell us about your dog, Toby? Yes, definitely. Um, so I'll start with myself. I am uh, 24 years old, um, Kitchener born and raised. So I get, went to KCI and I've been living in Kitchener my whole life. I've always wanted to be my own boss and it, it just kind of came to fruition that I would open up a pet store in my hometown too, which is really cool. Um, Toby, on the other hand, um, not as much of a hard worker as I am. He definitely likes to take his naps during the day. And I promise he's not as terrible as the name kind of hints at. Um, A little bit too smart for his own good, but definitely not terrible. And he's a uh, two and a half year old German Shepherd, Husky and Golden Retriever mix. Oh my goodness. So where did the name Terrible Toby's come from then? Oh God. Okay. So this is a good one. So I was trying to name the store and I I just, I couldn't come up with anything at the time. So I, I went to bed and clearly I just didn't give Toby enough W-A-L-K. Oh, I can say it because he's not here. I didn't give him enough walks um, that day or I just didn't, I guess I didn't mentally stimulate him enough and he decided he was going to uh, figure out what, what lays behind my apartment's drywall. Um, so I woke up to, it was a two foot 
by one and a half foot hole that he had uh, clawed into my drywall. He didn't actually eat any of it. So I had no like emergency rush to the ER or anything, but it was a nice, very sizable cleanup after that. And uh, ever since then, he's always been known as the terrible Toby. <laughs> that that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good nickname. It definitely, like I said, he's not actually terrible, but he can definitely get up to some no good sometimes. How how old was he when that name came to fruition? He would have been in under a year, so okay. it would have been like eight months. Still in like his very curious stage. So like I no don't blame him at all. Like I <laughs> I guarantee it was my fault for probably missed his bedtime stroll or something like that, right? So it, it's he's not actually a terrible boy, but he's very very funny when he gets up to gets up to no good. Ah, <laughs> oh, Toby. Well, if you've ever seen for everybody listening, if you've ever seen the the terrible Toby's logo. You would have seen a, a cartoon iteration of Toby, and he is very cute. And I can attest that he does actually look like an animated cartoon character in real life, not just in the logo. It's actually like astonishing how like how well the designer did that logo, and then just how like you look at that, and then you look at him, and he's like, "Yeah, that's that's a cartoon dog. That's not yes. a real dog. It's just like the perfect markings on his face. I love it." Isn't it just the dream when you wake up one day and you're like, my dog's face is on a logo? It's <laughs> exactly, that should be every dog owner's dream, isn't it? I've made it. <laughs> my dog's made it, one or the yeah, other. You guys made it. Okay, well, let's get into it. So, why don't you start by telling us how Terrible Toby's started off? So, we've heard how he came up with the name or how Terrible Toby got his nickname, but how did Terrible Toby's come to be and how has it evolved into a brick and mortar pet store, especially? So quickly. Yeah, impressed. I'll be honest. Um, I did not expect to be uh, opening a pet store in 2022. That was not that was not the end goal with Terrible Toby's. So I actually started it just online store. Um, I had a bunch of free time because I was actually working in the wedding industry before COVID actually brought the lockdowns in. So obviously I had way too much free time on my hand um, and decided, um, well, actually, like, funny, well, not funny story, but when I first got Toby... He was very sick. And so I didn't know like what was wrong with him. Vets didn't really know what was wrong with him. We thought maybe it was an allergy to food. Maybe he was sick. We didn't know too much. After I did a ton more research and kind of got him better, I realized how many awful things are going on with the puppy industry from puppy mills to dog fighting to just the abuse and neglect that certain dogs have to go through. And so I decided I was going to start a fundraiser. And so in that free time, I decided I'm going to launch an online store. We'll donate 50% of the profit from every single sale we make. And then the other 50% will go towards actually hosting the online store and running the advertisements and all that. Um, how it got to a brick and mortar location from there, um, has just been a whirlwind. It was really just, okay, people like the idea. Let's order some products in and do a market booth. And I opened up at the St. Jacob's farmer's market and everybody loved the idea there and thought it was a great idea. And so it just kept the ball. It was just like a snowball that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, we gotta be, we gotta sell food. We gotta, we gotta get an actual location. We gotta make this a spot that people can come and treat their dogs to something special and also help support local rescues at the same time. And so it just kind of blew up like that. And I'll be honest, I don't have any real core memories in between that. It was just a whole lot of work. And just for our listeners, you're still located at the St. Jacob's Farmer's Market, correct? 
I'm not actually anymore. So we pulled that um, out after the summer or when the summer hit. So I think it was uh, our last date was June 4th. Um, and we ever since then, we just decided to do the outdoor market where we could do it temporarily. Um, I just found it was it was a lot between the staffing there as well as the lease there and everything. It just wasn't going to play out. And I, I wanted to kind of keep keep my focus on the storefront for now. So we're going to be there kind of periodically in the outside market, but we don't have a permanent booth there anymore. Good to know. Good to know. I love uh, hearing about businesses that kind of get their jump start at the St. Jacob's Market. I mean, I don't know a lot about kind of their system and how that all works, but you definitely hear a lot of businesses that kind of get started there. They feel things out, they get established, and then they're able to kind of move on to to bigger things. So that's a that's really nice to hear that that was your experience as well. Amazing stepping stone. Amazing stepping stone. If anybody is selling any type of product, pet related or not the market is an amazing place to go because there's so little commitment. There's so little um, risk involved. You just have to go out, pay the the daily fee and try selling your stuff. And if it works, it works amazingly. And I, I've seen so many people go back again and again and again and open up their permanent booths there and then grow from there. And it's, it's just a fantastic stepping stone. That's amazing. Well, I think you already touched on this a little bit, but... Um, what really was your main inspiration for starting Terrible Toby's? We definitely understand that being a business owner is really hard work. So what really inspired you to take the leap? So I don't think it was one set moment. I mean, when I was like three, four years old, I always said I was going to own my own business. Like that's, that's everybody always asks, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I said, I'm going to own my own business. And, oh, what? What? At one point it was a restaurant. At one point it was uh, a, just a regular store. At one point it was a grocery store. Um, so yeah, like it just, it, it, there was no real decision. It was always, I was going to own my own business. I was going to work for myself. And so when I went into lockdown and started with this new idea and saw how many people liked the idea and thought it was a cool concept for a store that also then the, the ties of the store is that it's a fundraiser. And so just, it's just seeing how many people were okay or like, accepting of that and excited about that is really the big kind of push that got me to it. Um, I don't really think there was anything major that actually like, it, it just everything lined up, if that makes sense, like the things just line up. And you, if you just don't say no, and you always say yes to new opportunities, you, you crazy things happen, apparently. We're very familiar with that. We were once uh, bullied into starting a podcast. <laughs> I don't well, I'm glad you did because I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and now look at us, season five. Woo! <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for sharing all of that with us, Owen. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back to hear more about the future of Terrible Tobies and what Owen has planned next. Be right back. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are talking with Owen from Terrible Toby. So let's dive back in, shall we? 
in the first half of today's episode, we got some background info on how terrible Toby's came to be. And, uh, oh, and let's hear about future plans, shall we? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So can you tell us a bit about your plans for the foreseeable, wow, foreseeable future? Nice. It's a tough word. <laughs> nice. You're not even redoing that. We're keeping that Okay. In. All right. So t- tell us about what you've got going on for the foreseeable future uh, at Terrible Toby's. Absolutely. And now that you have your store open, what's next? So I really don't think there's any big moves that we need to do over the next year or two. Like I really think just getting this store filled and ready to go is kind of the best next option for us. I think if I just tried to go open another store or something like that, I'd be really putting myself into a giant hole there. Um, So I think my next step right now is really to turn Toby's or terrible Toby's into more of an experiential place to visit than just another store. Um, I really think that, Walking into a pet store shouldn't just be walking in and getting your bag of food and walking out. There should be a lot more to it, whether it's trying out some of the cool puzzles or games and toys for with your dog, or it's um, going up to our agility course that we're trying to put together inside the store, or getting a free coffee on Saturdays and just sitting down on our armchairs and things like that. I really just want to make it as much of an experience as it is a store so that you can come in and you can have fun and you don't need to worry about buying anything. You don't need to be worried about, oh, I didn't spend any money or anything. I just went and had fun at Terrible Toby's. So really, I think that's the next step there is to bring people together in an experiential and community building space that's so fun that will set you apart so much from um you know other pet stores in the area um you know being able to yeah just go in and like you say and and not buy anything and just have fun with your dog like that's adorable Exactly. (laughs) exactly what i want like imagine just being able to walk into a space and it's like yeah i can get my bag of treats here i can get my food here but i can also bring my dog up this agility ramp and make them walk the a frame or have them do the teeter totter or i can cuddle up and get a bunch of photos in front of the photo wall and like just enjoy the experience rather than just walk in get your bag of food and walk out yeah and do it for the gram right exactly exactly because being an instagram influencer can be rough (laughs) (laughs) good one i I love that little sign the little mural you have it's so cute yeah, and I, uh, I made sure the thought bubbles are just perfectly placed so that you can get your head or your dog's head under there. <laughs> so for those who are listening that maybe uh, haven't been to Terrible Toby's yet, um, there is a mural on the wall and it's got some uh, speech bubbles where your dog can pose with some funny phrases and the Terrible Toby's logo. And one of them says, is, say, it's rough, R-U-F-F being an yeah. influencer. Yeah, adorable. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a nice one. I definitely like that one. I do want to plan. I plan on like maybe every few months switching out what it says, like what the text bubbles say, so that you can get different different thought bubbles in there. Start getting some ideas. We also added an adoptables board up right uh, kind of next to it, where you can check out all of the um, dogs and cats that are up for adoption um, through the different rescues that we help with. So a couple different like cool fun things that you can just walk in and do and see and experience. That's amazing. We definitely, I mean, you know this, we're all about experiences. So that's absolutely. that's absolutely what we love. And anytime we have events, we're always asking vendors to make their booths as engaging as possible because we want to create connections, just like you said, right? It becomes um, less about the business and more about that 
community building piece. So I really, I really love that you take that approach. Okay. That adoptable board must take so much time to keep up to date. It's uh, it's definitely a decent little bit of work. So we work with, I work like basically hand in hand with the, co- the coordinator that like oversees the adoptions. And as soon as they intake a new puppy, they get the profile ready, but then it doesn't actually go on our board until they've hit that two week um, okay. adjustment period, or I can't remember what the word is, but they, they wait two weeks with the foster before um, they'll start showing that dog to potential okay. adopters, just because they want to, I think it's the decompression period is what they call it. And yes. they just want to let that dog kind of relax, but they'll have the info ready for me. And as soon as that two week marks hits, I just need to print off a little piece of paper and put it up. And nice. yeah, we've had a few different, few different dogs actually been reached or uh, been applied to from that board already, which is really <gasps> awesome. I love that. Um, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some some uh, dogs from the board being at the shop as regular customers soon enough. That would be adorable. Um, Do you do that with multiple rescues or is there one in particular that you work with? So it's one right now. So New Collar Collective is the rescue that we've been working with for about a year and a half now. Is it Um, Kirsty you're working with? Yes, it is. We love Kirsty. Yes. She's she's on our committee for um, our holiday festival oh in the God. fall. Shout That's out to Kirsty. Yeah, they are fantastic people. They are like amazing. So yeah, I've been working with them for about a year and a half now and that's who we've been fundraising for for that year and a half as well so i think right now we're doing 50 cents from every single order that we sell we're donating directly to new caller help support with their rescue adoption and just initiatives all together i love that maybe one day if you like keep up your partnership with them you can have like a super cute like alumni reunion event at the store oh adorable (laughs) i'm writing that idea down I'm all about the good event ideas. It's my specialty. All right, Ken, take us with the next question. All right. So that is all very exciting. (laughs) That's that's great. Um, But do you see uh, Terrible Toby's evolving and growing over the coming years? You kind of alluded to this a little bit, but can you touch a little bit more on that? Yeah, so... um... Being a businessman, being a, from a business background and everything, realistically, I think the way I'd see it going is um, opening up several more stores, if not going nationwide with it. I'd love to be able to bring an experiential shopping experience or um, outlet around Canada for every dog to experience and every cat to come in and enjoy. Um, I'd love to see not only just stores, but like actual big like just you go into the building and it's not an actual, it's not a retail setting. It's like there's trainers and there's groomers and there's like puzzle toys for days that you can just go and play with. You don't know why necessary and just have like all of these cool things going on. Um, I'd really love to see that grow and grow and grow nationwide. My biggest fear with that would be losing the brand identity. Obviously you see so many franchises that lose that brand identity very quickly as they start to franchise. And so I think the number one goal as I try to do that is to ensure that it's either all maintained by me, which sounds absolutely impossible, (laughs) um, or like just focus on making sure that before we grow too quickly, we're instilling our values and our morals and our company ethics onto every store that we open up, if that makes sense, to make sure that we really are promoting and fostering an engaging and community-based store around the country rather than just another pet store that's opened up down the street. Um, 
I love that. And as I like hear you talk about it, like I can see in my head, like I can see what you're talking about when you say like an interactive and engaging pet store, like I can see that type of experience in my head. And I think for this kind of new wave of dog owners, I think like the business that Mackenzie and I do is um, very much a testament to the type of community that many dog owners are now looking for. And I think Mm -hmm. what you are trying to build and when you talk about scaling up, I think it aligns so well with that. So that is, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, that's so cool. And um, behind the sky, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. But going back to your, the community aspect of it, like you guys, just looking at the community you guys have built around the dog owners in this area, like that is the, it's like you just said, a perfect testament to what dog owners want these days. And it's not necessarily just walking in, getting the cheapest bag of food and walking out because I can do that at any grocery store. It's, it's about that community and that come in and I will know your name. We'll know your dog's name first. I promise you that. (laughs) And um, we'll, we'll know you, we'll get to know you. We'll get the stuff in that you need. We'll make sure that things are working well. And at the same time, anytime you're coming in, it's a new and fun time. It's not just walking in and walking out. It's the millennial dog owner way. I'm, I, and I, there's a lot of us out there and there will be continuously a lot of us out there. So, and as new generations come in with, then they become dog owners, same deal. So, well, thank you Owen for sharing all of that. That was so exciting to hear about, um, what is next for terrible Toby's and it's clear you're so passionate about it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our lightning round. It is now time for a segment we like to call the lightning round. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we have a few questions prepared for Owen, and uh, he has not seen these. These are just off the cusp. Justine and I just made these up. Um, so we're going to rapid fire them at you, Owen, and uh, you have to answer them. I'll do my best. Okay, beautiful. All right, so... First question is, what is your personal favorite thing to that you sell at Terrible Toby's? Oh, That's a puzzles. good question. Hands down, our puzzles. They are so much fun. Any animal can do them. I've literally seen ferrets do them. But oh, my dog, God, that's adorable. So definitely the funnest things to sell because there's so many different ones of them, and they all have a great purpose. Love that. Our dogs all love puzzles from Terrible Toby's. So yes, definitely. Amazing. All right. Next. All right. I'm going to go with this one first. Okay. Um, sometimes there are issues for business owners when dogs are accessing their space. For a dog owner, what would you say would be the biggest faux pas if they were when bringing their dog into the store? 
So dogs have accidents and that's great. I'm fine with that. And I will clean up your dog's pee or poo. But if you watch your dog start peeing on our furniture and you just laugh and you just watch it happen and then walk away, it's not okay. Please own up to it. Just say you're sorry. It was a mistake. You tried to stop it and help the employee get it fixed. But accidents happen and that's fine. It's as soon as you try and hide it or you try to pretend it didn't happen or just laugh and think it's funny because the dog's allowed in here. That's when it becomes not okay. Instead of just an accident, now it's something else. I wish everyone could see my face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, check out our pedicate page, people. Peas and poops. Peas and Peas poops. Peas and poops before you go into any store. All right, Ken's next question. Next. All right. What is... Okay, this one is directed at Toby. Sorry, oh. Owen. <laughs> but what is Toby's favorite place to visit in Kitchener-Waterloo or Cambridge? Sure. Asides from terrible Toby's, of course. Of course, number one. Um, I'd say his favorite spot, I I really like the Hydro Cats. Or, well, he really likes the mm. Hydro Cats. So Toby's not much of a uh, pack dog, per se. Um, he gets along with certain friends, but in a lot of, uh, tons of dog situation, he does not do very well. Um, something we're working on, but it might not be something he ever really changes. Yep. Um, and that's okay. But the Hydro Cuts are amazing because there's so many kilometers of trails to just hike through with, I, I honestly, half the time, I don't even see another dog. It's fantastic. Yes. Just wear lots of bug spray. Of course. Yes. And uh, standing ovation for knowing your dog's limits and respecting what your dog wants and needs <gasps> and listening to that and being an awesome dog owner because I love that. <laughs> okay. Uh, my last question and another spicy one. I think this is spicier than the last one. Okay. <gasps> um, pet food and nutrition is a very controversial topic. As a dog and pet store owner, what is your stance on the kibble versus raw debate? So I I find this very interesting because a lot of people actually ask me this. And mm -hmm. I I very I totally agree that raw is a great, healthy option to go for. But I also think that there are some kibbles that are very high quality kibbles, and I have no problem. I, I personally I can get raw at the wholesale price and I still feed my dog kibble because I trust the kibble and the ingredients that are in that kibble. Um, and it just is a lot easier on my lifestyle. Um, if you don't want to deal with defrosting and making sure you've got the exact poundage and the right supplements and right veggie additives into that, going with a kibble is perfectly fine as long as you're looking at high quality ingredients that are researched, looked at, and you work with your dog. Every single dog is different. So some dogs I've heard, they go to raw and their their body can't handle it, no matter which formula they try. But going to a really nice kibble, they did amazingly and their coat was fantastic and they weren't shedding as much and all of this. And so it really, it's such a hot topic and a hot debate, but I, I really can see both sides of the coin there because yes, raw is a fantastic option. And I think if you can feed your dog that, if you can afford to feed your dog that, because that's mm -hmm. another big one, then definitely go for it. But if you're really on that fence or you you might not want to make that jump, there are so many great high quality options of kibbles that work fantastically for certain dogs. So it really is about one, your dog in particular, two, the lifestyle that you're living. If you're if like me, I come home from work at seven o'clock and that's when Toby gets his 
like all of his exercise and everything like that. And so I, I wouldn't be able to defrost raw food for him and keep it yeah. up with that and everything. And so just knowing your limits, your lifestyle, as well as your dog's lifestyle, your dog's health concerns and health needs, um, you've really got to pick between those when choosing raw or not raw. Um, like I said, I've got fantastic kibbles. I've also got fantastic quality raw food. And I yeah. think just looking at the actual ingredients, looking at the company itself and figuring that out yourself is is really, really important rather than just hearing raw is great because there are some <laughs> formulas of raw that are not that great. That and- is very true. Coming, uh, We've got a high quality kibble feeder, Justine and myself, a raw food feeder. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. And either way, like I don't... Either way is a good way. All of the foods you carry, Owen, we've been to your store a few times, are super high quality kibbles. There's no garbage in Terrible Toby's. I do so, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to, you know, it's a real balance because you want to try and hit that budget for certain people. But at the same time, I don't want to serve crap. And yeah. so finding that balance is, it can be hard, but I, I feel like I've done a quite a good job of being able to find some nice quality options that are still budget friendly and can work with anybody's lifestyle. I think you have. And with that being said, <laughs> our lightning round is over. Thank you, Owen. And we will be right back to wrap it up. You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast, and today we've been talking to Owen from Terrible Tobies. Before we wrap up today, we've got one more question for you, Owen. All right. If you could share one thing with our listeners who are most likely local dog owners, what would you want to share with them? Um, I'd like to say that no matter how many anxious worries you have, um, as long as your dog is happy and healthy, you are a good dog owner. And that's the most important thing is having a healthy and happy connection with your dog and living it their life and your life to the best. And you're doing fantastic. So don't worry. Don't be anxious. Everybody does with their dog. Just make sure that they're happy and you're doing good. Oh, I love I'm going to cry. That is adorable. <laughs> so wholesome. Okay. And I honestly, there are people that are going to listen to this that will really need that. So it's a, it's a big thing. Ang- ang- having a dog and being anxious about whether you're doing the right things is a huge yeah. thing. So just focusing on their happiness is the number one. Love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today, Owen. So if our listeners would like to get in touch or learn more about Terrible Tobies, where can they find you? Yeah, so we're located inside the Krug... Wow, I can't talk. The Krug Street Plaza <laughs> in Kitchener. So that's 501 Krug Street. Um, and then you can also visit our website, terribletobies.com or any of our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the social medias um, at Terrible Tobies. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Owen, again. And thank you for all of our listeners for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Woof, woof. <laughs>